This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk a little Jets as uh, Connor Hughes joins us now. Hey, Connor, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. What's up, Connor? Yeah, no problem, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, uh, hanging in there, Connor. And, uh, I mean, season goes from bad for worse. I mean, just kind of uh, just the general, as Taz and I talked about all morning long, just really a disastrous Monday night performance by the Jets. Yeah, it, it was just – it was bad all around, man. I think the only thing you can kind of hang your hat on is, is the way that defense played. You know, they, they brought it. I know they gave up the 89-yard touchdown to Odell, but you removed that and they made Baker Mayfield look pedestrian. They really held Odell in check for, for most of that game outside of that catch. Jarvis Landry did not beat the Jets, and obviously David Njoku left early with an injury. And even Chubb, uh, aside from that 19-yard touchdown run, he was, again, kind of a non-factor, and you got to give Greg Williams a lot of credit for that. I mean, clearly he used his knowledge of Baker Mayfield to his advantage and was able to piece together a game plan that, that made the quarterback, uh, someone who many believe was on the fast track to, to superstardom, look pretty pedestrian. But that Jets offense was, was utterly dreadful. I mean, it, it was it was really just a pathetic effort from that group outside of Le'Veon Bell. I mean, pretty much all of these, all these observations just, just remove Bell from because that guy was a star. I mean, you, you can't really criticize anything that he did uh, Monday night. But look, guys, this this was a you know, when when the Jets hired Adam Gates, this was a guy who was supposed to be an offensive guru, you know, offensive mastermind, uh, you know, really an innovative offensive mind. And, and I know the Jets were without Sam Darnold. I know the Jets were then without um, uh, Trevor Simeon for a good portion of that game when he injured his ankle. But you got to hope that that your that your your brilliant offensive genius of a coach can can piece together and put together a game plan uh, that at least can scheme you to some form of success. Obviously, Simeon and then Falk, they're not going to be Sam Darnold. The offense isn't going to look the same without Darnold out there, but I mean, it was just brutal. I mean, you saw Gay sitting there on the sideline. The ESPN broadcast showed him a handful of times and he just looked downright depressed and that's bad. I mean, it was just, it was just bad all around from the Jets, and, and they got to be better than that. Even it, no one expects them to win that game, but they have to be better than what they showed. Yeah, it's, they're in a tough spot uh, for sure, Connor. There's no doubt about it. And you know, on that quarterback situation, I mean, so uh, look, Luke Falk, he looked okay. I mean, you know, so what do you do now? I mean, what, what do you think they're going to do with this? You know, they, who are they going to bring in as a backup? They got to bring a couple. They have nobody on a depth shot. You know, they had they have, yeah. they have Trevor, they had Sam, and 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 those guys are out. Uh, <laughs> left Bell. Moose pointed out earlier. What he's he's the next guy on the, on the, uh, the depth chart for quarterback. Like, well, that was know, last night. Yeah. Hopefully, that's not <laughs> that's on Sunday. Up I know, Dutch, I know, oh, that's crazy. a problem. So, what do you think they do here? I mean, like, uh, what, you know, uh, as far as the QB situation. Uh, well, they're going to have to add a body. I mean, that's that's confirmed. Right. They're going to get an MRI on uh, Trevor Simeon's injured ankle uh, at some point here today. I think it's probably going to be pretty early this morning. They'll have an MRI on that, which will confirm. Uh, just how bad it is. It doesn't look like it's fractured. Uh, the Jets would have been able to tell that right away because they have an x-ray machine in the stadium, and they probably would have let everyone know. But uh, it doesn't look like the ankle is broken. It's just a matter now is there ligament damage. If there's not ligament damage, is it a sprain? If it's a sprain, how bad is the sprain? Uh, he did leave the locker room yesterday both in a walking boot and on crutches. 
Uh, and it was a, a pretty tall walking boot. It wasn't just something that was down there on the ankle. I mean, this thing went pretty much up to his knee. So uh, I don't think the Jets will be seeing Simeon anytime soon. Uh, that, that would be my assumption. And if that's the case, yeah. I mean, Adam Gase said this Monday night that they have to add a body because now their only able-bodied guy is Luke Falk. And, and it's going to be uh, interesting because, A, there obviously aren't that many proven veterans out there that you believe can step in and, and give you anything. But also now you're, you're going to add a quarterback that doesn't theoretically or, or conceivably have any experience in Adam Gase's offense. You're going to have a backup quarterback that now is learning the offense on the fly and trying to figure this thing out. I mean, it, it's bad. The one name I'd potentially watch maybe is Davis Webb. Uh, he's a guy that's on the Bills practice squad, and because he's on the practice squad, the Jets have the ability to just sign him off of it. Uh, he spent, obviously, OTAs, minicamp, training camp, and all last year with the Jets, so... Uh, he knows this building. He knows some of the players on this team. Well, he doesn't know Gase's offense from last year because Gase is in Miami. He doesn't know from this whole season. So he could, he could potentially be a patchwork fix there uh, to play backup quarterback at least until either they can get a veteran ready and a veteran up to speed or Sam Darnold returns here in, in about a month. Yeah, is, is that what we're looking at here with Darnold, uh, Connor, four weeks? Yeah, that's the minimum. The, the, everything I've talked to, talking to doctors and, and people that, that deal with mono and know more about mono than I do, is that it's a minimum of a month. And the reason for that uh, is because of the enlarged spleen. You know, the, Obviously, you're going to deal with a lot of different symptoms with mono. You're going to be lethargic. Uh, you're going to be beat up and, and tired and draggy, and that, that all hurts your playing. But the, the main reason why you cannot get on the field until that four-week minimum window is met is because of the enlarged spleen. Because you know, when that happens, once your spleen... Uh, swells, it's in. It's more likely to then rupture. And if your spleen ruptures with contact, which is which is what football is a contact sport, uh, you could quite literally die. I mean, that, that's that's the problem here. Is that Sam Darnold, he, if he were to play too early while his spleen's still enlarged, he could die. So so it's going to take at least four weeks uh, for those symptoms to subside and then come down. And then where this thing gets finicky, where you're talking about it could be Less four to six, four to seven, Excuse four to eight is because you don't necessarily know how long it's going to take for that spleen to then de- uh, uh, have the swelling in the spleen go down. Right. So, And the other deal with that mono, with that mono too, you know, Connor, like, so, you know, it could be four weeks at minimum, like you said, but, you know, you, you're going to lose weight. You can't train. You are tired. Yeah. And my son had it when he, when he was in high school playing, playing lacrosse, and it, it will knock you out. And you gotta, you're got you on antibiotics for a while, and you, you're going to lose some weight and some strength, so... Who knows how quick he can come back, even even once he's cleared and his and and his internal organs will be fine, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, this is a it's a it's basically a minimum of a four week injury. That that's the thing. He's not coming back before that four week window, and then it's just a matter of where is Sam Darnold at, both physically uh, and also health wise, in terms of you know if it, like kind of what you guys are saying, physical wise about losing weight. Is he still up to speed? Does he still have his energy? Is he still up in in shape? But then you also have to obviously consider is about has this, have the symptoms subsided. If the symptoms haven't subsided, well, then it's going to be another week, and then a week on top of that, and that's where this thing can really add up. It uh, won't be more than eight weeks. He will be back before the eight weeks, but it could be anywhere from four to eight, right in that window. Uh, Connor, are the Jets, uh, for all intents and purposes, do you think they're done playing relevant football this season? Uh, we'll see, Moose. I mean, they, they've got – I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious they're probably going to start the season 0-6, right? I mean, that, that's going to get hand them losses, two to the Patriots, uh, both this coming week and then in a couple, and sandwiched in there are going to be games against the Cowboys and Eagles. I think it's pretty clear that they're not going to beat those teams with Luke Falk under center, and that's looking like what it's going to be like 
then it's just a matter of how bad is this thing going to escalate. You know, Sam Darnold might come back after after that six week period there. Uh, technically seven, I believe, because the Jets have the bye week in there as well, but yeah. they'll have played six games. Uh, maybe Darnold comes back there and Connor, if they're all with six, they're I mean, they're not playing relevant football. I yeah, mean, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's that's I've kind of putting lipstick on a pig there. It's kind of like, <laughs> well, maybe they can get going here. So uh no, if they're all in six, they're done. It's well, just a matter of are they gonna be competent or something like that, beating up on teams like the Redskins and the Giants and then the uh the Jaguars as well in there. And listen, the final one, Connor, and is this is you look at Adam Gaze, who his former team is is basically crashing and burning and they're and they're celebrating the management down there in Miami. But what about Gaze as a head coach here? Uh how much can you learn about him? and what he gained from his experience in Miami and what he is indeed going to ultimately be as Jet Head Coach? It's a good question, man, because everything we've seen so far from Gase is, is he's kind of just doing a lot of the same stuff that he did in Miami. And I know, again, that the the quarterback situation is bad. The, the quarterback situation is not good. The Jets aren't just down Darnold, who they thought was going to be their franchise guy this year, but now they're down his backup, and they're starting Luke Falk, who there was first regular season pass of his career last night against the Browns. And I know that's bad, but again, and I kind of said this in the in the beginning of this hit, is that if Gates is the offensive guru and the mastermind and the quarterback whisperer that the Jets believed when they hired him, he should be able to scheme them up some success. Now, look, look at the flip side of this, seriously. When With uh, Greg Williams last night against the Browns, he's without C.J. Mosley. He's without really starting caliber NFL corners. He's without Quinn Williams. He's without a pass rusher. But he schemed. A, a, a put, he schemed and put together a defensive game plan that was able to make uh, Baker Mayfield look pedestrian and keep the Jets in the game. That's what you want to see from a guy you believe is a mastermind in Adam Gase. You want to see him. Well, it's not going to be an offense that puts together 40 points and, and has the quarterback going for 400 yards and five touchdowns. You want to see him scheme and put together a game plan with creativity. But I also, I also think you got to give some credit to Jamal Adams. That guy plays inspired. He was motivated to whoop somebody's ass, and I don't care who the DC is. He was motivated, and and credit to Williams to your point to 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 empower him, Jamal Adams, to be freedom and be out there like a ball hawk and have that freedom. Of course, Adams played hard. He just wanted to pop someone and set a tone, and he did that right away early on. You know what I mean with Baker Mayfield to set a tone, even though he got a penalty, he didn't care. Yeah, exactly. But like you kind of said, like yes, but Williams is also one who's allowing him to play free, and you want to see that kind of game plan, right? That kind of that undermanned defense. You want to see that kind of game plan from the offense. You want to see them scheme up things and develop things and do things that maybe are are unique that the Browns haven't seen before and creative that the Browns haven't seen before, and maybe some form of a trick play to ignite the offense and steal a play and steal some points. And instead, the most crazy thing the Jets did was they ran the Wildcat, which they haven't, that hasn't been successful in the NFL since, like, 2008. So this is, like, something that, that, again, it's like you have to see. I know they're undermanned. I know they're hurt. I know missing the quarterback's bad. But you have to see more from Gates. He has to do something to try to show that he can ignite this offense. And he did not do that Monday night. And if he doesn't show it these next few games here against the Patriots twice, the Eagles, Cowboys, I mean, it's, it's very – you can start to wonder if the Jets made the wrong decision uh, at head coach this offseason. You can very much start to wonder that if things go this far south these first six games. I'm not talking about the Jets winning games out of these next couple ones against, I guess, against Patriots, Price, Cowboys, uh, Eagles. But if they don't show anything or show what they did uh, against the, the Browns, they had negative 13 passing yards at halftime. I mean, come on. That, that, that's a problem. Hey, Connor, we appreciate it, bud. Um, have a good Tuesday, and thanks for the time this morning. All right, bud? Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.